0: Good morning, everyone. Happy May 11th. Happy Monday, May 11th. You're watching Unsafe Space. You're watching actually daily, not daily, coffee Break on Unsafe Space, not daily anymore. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined by Carrie Smith. There she Hi, is. Hi,
1: Carter. How are you?
0: Ah, I'm all right. You?
1: I'm good. We didn't get to talk really before we started this time. So how are we
0: yeah, we didn't. Can you uh, hear
1: me? I'm on my phone again.
0: Okay. Yeah, you're. I don't know why you're kind of weirdly broken, uh, but you're there. It's just. Well, it's, it seems like your internet connection bad, but.
1: Okay, if this doesn't work, um, I'm gonna get on. Well, actually, because the the anyway, this. I'm sorry, guys. This is a bad show so far. <laughs> my my old laptop is back. And it's currently powered on, although he told me that if it dies, then it's not coming back to life. So um, anyway, if I can get it working, then I'll probably try Skyping you from there, Carter, because I think I think the spotty reception is due to my phone.
0: Oh, could be. Could be. Uh, Just so everyone knows, Carrie is getting a new computer. We are in the works, so it it is in the works. (laughs) Uh, But but uh, we are going to smear Vaseline (laughs) on the video camera for her.
1: Yeah, because I need need this fuzzy appearance.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's very important. Um, It's part of her brand. It's part of Gary's brand. Part of her
1: brand. That's funny. Uh, I had a good weekend, by the way. I went to... uh, I'm still in Lubbock. I'm leaving today, but I... um, Wait, you're supposed to to be in an undisclosed
0: location. Don't tell people where you are. It's an undisclosed location.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but I'm going to tell people where I am because... uh, Pull up this picture if you can. I was, this was so exciting. This, I was at this, uh, uh, I was on, on Saturday going to um, like some rummage sales with my uh, boyfriend's mom and we went in the bathroom and we stopped at a bunch of places, but a lot of places weren't letting people use the bathroom, like gas stations and stuff. So we stopped at this restaurant and I ran in and on my way out, this guy came out followed me out and was like, ma'am. And I, I thought I was in trouble <laughs> <laughs> for going to the bathroom and uh and then it turns out he he's one of the people in chat sometimes he watches on safe space it's dave and it was totally cool i was like wow hi dave there's dave there's
0: a picture with dave
1: (laughs) yeah how amazing is that i'm like what we have about 4,000 subscribers on youtube how many people are in the world (laughs) what are the chances (laughs) i'd run into him in the bathroom uh at a rest random restaurant that was totally cool It, it uh it was really nice. Anyway,
0: so yeah. that happened. Yeah, it w- that was. Yeah. Uh, oops, that's not me. That's the unsafe space logo. There I am. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I immediately was like, I think I ran some numbers quickly after that, and I was like, <laughs> it's like one in sixty thousand, if uh, uh, based on the U.S. population. I don't know. I ran some quick numbers, uh, but uh, yeah, unlikely, unlikely event, Carrie. But I you're should famous. Pick
1: some lottery numbers.
0: Yeah, you get should some, pick some lot of- lottery numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that's proof to everyone though if you run into Carrie she will get your you will get your picture taken with her if that's a thing for you uh, so there you go
1: oh wait, wait what yeah well I space uh, I had to prove that I ran into a family member I was like look unsafe space family how random uh that was cool I also went to the buddy Holly museum which I've never been to and uh and and went to buddy Holly's grave and I didn't He died at 22. Can you imagine? I didn't realize like like all of those hit albums. He had a lot of hit albums. He did all of those in like a couple of years. I didn't realize he was that young. Graduated high school. Yeah, super young. Just imagine what he could have put out if he if he hadn't passed away that young. But I mean, you know, maybe that's why he he was meant to get it all out really fast. You know. Anyway,
0: that was interesting.
1: Yeah, um, and then, and then today we got censored on Facebook.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we should. I that think happened. we should talk about. I think we should talk about the censorship on Facebook a little bit today. Um, but before we do, can I play? So Becky Steyer sent me a video, um, which I think perfectly, really well, uh, encapsulates. Uh, what's going on right now in terms of public sentiment. <laughs> so thank you, Becky. I'm gonna just play the video.
1: Put your hands up. No. What? I said no. Why
0: not? Oh wait, the sound's not working. Ah, sorry everyone. I'll try I, let me try that again for just a second. I don't know why the sound's not working. Did no one hear that? Please tell me in chat. I hear it fine. I don't know why Carrie didn't hear it. So maybe there's something going on. Uh, let me know.
1: Is that where the Christopher Walken image came from? I was wondering what that was.
0: Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Oh, everyone says the audio is good in chat. I am going to play it then. It's just Carrie. Okay, they can't, it. I don't I... know why. Okay.
1: Put your hands up. No. I said no. Why not? I don't want to. But I've got a gun. I don't care. It doesn't make any sense. Too bad. Well.
0: So, Gary, for those of you who are Carrie and missed it, it basically it's it's uh Christopher Walken from seven psychopaths, which I never saw, but The guy's like, put your hands up. He points a gun at him, put your hands up. And and Christopher Walken's like, no. And the guy's like, what what do you mean? He's like, I don't want to. He's like, but I have a gun. And he's like, I don't care. Uh, So I do feel like that's the sentiment of Americans right now.
1: That's a great movie. I have seen that movie, by the way. Oh, you have? It's a good movie. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well. uh, How
1: funny. I don't want to put my hands up.
0: Yeah. And the guy was like. I, uh, you probably remember it, Carrie, but yeah, he was, he was like, uh, makes no sense. He was like, so I forget what he said. It doesn't matter. It was good, and it's the, uh, it's a good uh, representation of of how people, I think, feel right now. Certainly, how I feel. Oh, Kerry's calling me again from Skype. So we have two carries. This is a, this is a cluster this morning. Carrie, was I supposed to not answer the other one? Okay, everyone, check it out. Is that we now, well? Yeah, uh, we now have another Carrie. Right, wait, I don't know where she is. I'm sorry, everyone. This was not how it was planned. This is what happens when we have computer problems. You're okay. there, Carrie. It's just not showing up on uh, here yet. But you're, I hear you. I don't think anyone can see you yet. You're still a Skype logo, but I don't think that will last forever. Uh, okay. I think it just takes a second. Anyway, um, Carrie, let's let's jump into some news. Can you um? Let's first talk about uh, the Facebook censorship thing. I've got a couple images here. Can everyone everyone can probably hear you even if they can't see you yet? I still I, they actually still can't see you. You might want to check your settings on Skype. Okay. Um, but I assume everyone can hear you. Um. I'm gonna put up a couple of the images that you sent me. I just found out about this this morning. When were we? When did we get a ban? Was it this morning?
1: Uh, I think it was this morning. I just logged in and it said, "You know, you're you posted something that was fake. <laughs> <laughs> you posted something that was false. You should know this." And then I clicked on it, and it said they're going to have a, um, uh, which they do. They have a little thing now. If anybody, by the way, this was not our video discussing pandemic. Some, I think, there was some confusion. We actually posted, or I posted in the unsafe space page, the pandemic video, the one that was taken down. I posted it before it was taken down. So th- this is on that pandemic video. But because we shared it, not only are they telling us that it's fact-checked and the vi- the video's false, which I find to be funny, and we can talk about what that means when you uh, when you categorically say this whole thing is false and this whole thing is true. It's funny to me. But um, but then the second little image there tells us that because we shared something that was has been deemed false, uh now our posts are gonna show up for fewer people. It's like a punishment.
0: Is that even possible? (laughs) 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 Fewer people.
1: Yeah. How is that I don't know how that's possible.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Thanks. And then look at the
1: bottom of the second image. They say, see how we're keeping Facebook safe and welcoming
0: (laughs) for everyone was this information helpful carrie (laughs) we got so we got a violation because we posted this other video even though on the same page we also posted our own video of it which was largely a was largely critical i mean we pointed out a few things that were good but we were very critical of much of this video in our video so you can't even say, you can't even point to like, here's a video that's in the zeitgeist right now. What do you guys think of it? And then do a critical video of it. Even that is banned.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of absurd. You can't even comment on it. Although Laura pointed out, you know, if CNN were to do a video about the pandemic, you know it wouldn't be banned. You know, it wouldn't be called fake. They could talk about it. They could do whatever they want about it. Um, yeah, of and, course. And the yeah, the other funny thing on that second image, who pointed this out? It might have been John. Somebody pointed out that right under it, where the part that you said was this sounds like something that uh, that sounds like something that you might hear. Um, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, in in 1984, you might hear what's his name say to Winston Smith when he's deprogramming him what is this information helpful yeah (laughs) yeah i guess information yeah but it is very 1984 safe and welcoming look how they use double that's so orwellian doublespeak it's like while we are censoring you while we are telling you what to believe and what not to believe and what information you're allowed to have and what information you're not allowed to have while we're acting in an unwelcoming way and we're making the world I would say arguably less safe for you because we're not allowing you to, uh, interact with the, the source material and make your own opinions. Uh, we're, we're making it in my opinion, that's making the world less safe for you, but we're telling you we're making it safe and welcoming. It's so much like, uh, ignorance is strength, you know, uh, war is peace, freedom is slavery, all of that.
0: Yeah, it's totally like that. Um, what do you expect from Facebook? Um, you know, this got this whole thing got me thinking a little bit. Uh, so by, yeah, by the way, uh, I did have a boomer tech moment. Sorry about that, I, I played a couple other videos by mistake. The issue is I keep trying to find a more efficient way to switch between cameras because I have to do the switching manually and the camera numbers keep changing on this software. So like, I think I'm switching to my camera but I'm switching to like replaying the intro video. So it was a, a weird boomer tech moment. So I apologize for that. Um, yeah Carrie, I was thinking about this. do you remember um do you remember the other day this is related trust me do you, do you remember the other day that Trump mentioned Donna Reed? No, I don't you didn't okay so he mentioned some uh, I think he was he was complaining about a reporter and he said something like she's no Donna Reed or something I forget exactly what his words were but um I remember growing up, I used to watch the Donna Reed show on. I think it was called Nick at Night. It was this Nickelodeon, like, nighttime thing that I would sometimes watch while my mom... My mom would be ironing clothes, and I would be helping fold and, like, watch watch Donna Reed, which I guess sounds uh, pretty 1950s, but it was the 70s slash 80s when we were doing this. Uh, Probably the 80s. And um, so I... I was like, all right, I, I wanted to go. I rewatched the first episode of Donna Reed. It was on Netflix or Amazon or something. And I was like, I, I don't go. I don't remember it super well. I want to go look at it. And um. I mean, there's a lot of social commentary I could make about how things have changed, which we can save for another episode. But one thing that really struck me was um. in the past, hey, look, we've always had broadcast media. I want to make a distinction between broadcast media and social media. We've always had broadcast media. We've always had uh, a limited number of newspapers. We've always had uh, a few people control the radio and then television when when television was around or when when it was invented. Um, And so it's not really a surprise to me that we're dealing with censorship and a restriction of information on broadcast media because that's kind of always been the way it is. And I, I don't agree with it, but you're getting your your information from, you kind of know you're getting it. It's in some curated format, I guess is my point, right? When you watch ABC or CBS in the olden days, uh, you knew that this was curated information. This wasn't just, you know, whatever. This is broadcast. Similarly, when you read newspapers. And however, how personal interaction happened, you know, you would meet in person. You would maybe meet in little groups to be, book clubs or, you know, uh, little get togethers of, of friends would be little ladies auxiliary or whatever there was at the time for, uh, Donna Reed style people. And even guys would get together in, in clubs and, and hang out. It was more gender separated than, than it is today. But, um, personal interaction was, was personal and it was, and there could be like, not broadcast, but many things. you could go talk to uh, a group of friends or a group of people, and it was private. It was all very private, and it was all very you know one on one. And the internet came along, and we got broadcast stuff back, right? So like it's one thing to ha- to say, well, YouTube censors and news websites censor, and I'm like,, okay, okay, bad, i don't like I don't like YouTube censorship. But we've been led to believe that Facebook and twitter are these kind of substitutes for our personal relationships. Because we don't go out as much, I mean, COVID notwithstanding, we don't go out as much as we used to. We don't meet in person as much as we used to. And we tend to have relationships via social media, or what we call social media. Facebook, Twitter, we post pictures of our babies. And some of you post pictures of every freaking meal you've ever eaten on Facebook. And you talk, talk about it television shows you like, stuff you're interested in. We have these conversations with each other on Facebook. Right, right. And we view Facebook as a somehow a modern version of those old relationships where we would go to the neighbor next door and get into a conversation as we were borrowing a cup of sugar. Um, but one thing that really struck me, and I know this is obvious, but uh, it didn't, it just, it dawned on me. This is the first time we actually have a third party both monitoring and manipulating our private interactions with our friends. It's not – Facebook's not broadcast media. Well, we don't think of it as broadcast media. We think of this as like when the Unsafe Space posts something, true, false, or otherwise, uh, we're posting it to people who follow us. You're part of our community. We're talking, and we speak back and forth, and we we have conversations, and – um that's a very private thing, it's not It's not the same as posting a video on uh, YouTube, although you could argue YouTube followers also, it's, it's kind of the same, right? But it's not the same as broadcasting over television airways or, or the radio, or it's not as broadcasty, it's more conversational. And yet, no matter what conversation you're having, even if you have very few friends on Facebook, Facebook is paying attention to what you say in those conversations, and taking steps to make sure that you're speaking the language, and uh, and supporting the narratives that they want, and that you're not saying things that they don't like, and I guess what really struck me was, this is unique in history, we've not ever had, that I can think of, other than like, in you know the stasi in east germany or whatever right we haven't uh, other than those authoritarian regimes we are not we've not had a society in which our private conversations are being monitored by a third party and that third party is telling us what we can and can't say and manipulating us and it the whole thing just for some reason i'm already i mean you guys know i'm already angry about this stuff generally but for some reason it really hit me that oh my god facebook is pushing themselves off they're passing themselves off as a social media channel they are not a social media channel they are editors They are they are everything in their eyes is broadcast and they are the editors of that broadcast and um that's really really dangerous and it makes me someone in chat earlier said i haven't been on facebook in seven or eight years i think they said i hadn't either until i mean not that long but i had basically stopped using Facebook until unsafe space. And I know partly because you were using it a lot, Carrie, and this is where we're posting and we started to build a community. Um, I've been on it a little bit more and responding a little bit. Um, I don't want to use it. I hate it. I don't think we should be using Facebook. It's not for personal interactions. Facebook is not a place to have private conversations. And I don't mean private like secret. I just mean uh, free conversations. It's not a place to have yeah. conversations. It's not a public square. Um, it, it is, it's is—it's Mark Zuckerberg's living room. And he controls what you're allowed to say. Um, and, you know, I started this Telegram community for unsafe space that I, you know, I just put it up because I wanted it there and I haven't been, put, you know, devoted much time to it. I chatted the other day in it a little bit. And I see some of you are in Telegram having conversations like that. Um, or having conversations with each other, which is great, which I I encourage. And by the way, if you don't know, we have a Telegram channel. Go find it, the Unsafe Space Chat in Telegram. Um, I'll post a link uh, below this video when this video is over. I think those kind of apps...
1: Because I I couldn't find it.
0: Okay, I'll do that. I think those, those kind of apps are... I think those kind of apps are where we need to go. And here's why. Facebook and Gab... Or sorry, Minds and Gab can never replace Facebook and Twitter because they are they will always be viewed as competitors to facebook and twitter and there is a we'll say technic uh, a tech oligarchy that wants to control that likes controlling these things they don't want they don't want minds getting out or gab getting out and so what they do is they you know you've seen it apple bans their apps from the store whatever all these you can't even install the apps they can't Google actually bans ever their
1: Right, it's on both platforms. Like, so Google—if you guys don't know—Google App Store and and uh, the I, Apple App Store—they don't let Gab put their app out. So, it's, right. they all work together to hamper any of these competitor potential competitors from gaining an audience. I mean, this is my conundrum. I know you have more to say on this, but I no, wanted to interrupt for one second. I'm almost done. It's anyway. funny that. Well, it's funny that you're saying this because uh, my fellow and I were talking about this this morning. And he took – he's still on Facebook, but he took Facebook off of his phone a couple of weeks ago. And so he's not – you know, in those spare moments, wherever you're at, you know, you're on your phone. Looking yeah, at I
0: don't have Facebook on my phone for that reason. Yeah.
1: Right. So he doesn't do that. And in those spare moments now, he's been listening to podcasts, like, um, from across the spectrum. He's listening to Democracy Now!, with amy goodman you know like very left he's listening to uh, jimmy Dore, but then he's also listening to bannon and i i really admire that because he's like getting a wide variety of opinion and perspectives and it's forcing him to like he's he's more on top of what's going on in the world now than i am i'm like well tell me what's going on because i'm on facebook too much <laughs> but he was having the same conversation with me he said i never realized how um we view Facebook, we trust Facebook with everything. He's like, we trust it with our photos of our family. We trust it with our contacts, our private conversations, like messages and stuff. We trust it with uh, like all of this private information. And we also, that's where most of us go to get our news. Even if we're, you know, he was saying, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't like Facebook. I just use it for X, Y, Z reason. And most people say they use it to keep up with people. Um, In my case, you know or in his case he might say he was using it when he is using it for music um i'm using it for the podcast but beyond that you know i'm on there far more than i need to be just to promote the podcast and, and it is a place where people get tend to get their news and you and i both know this most people um are just looking at headlines so they're already they've they've cultivated these little echo chambers of like these are all this is the tribe i agree with I'm only gonna look at this stuff, and most of the time, I'm not even gonna read the articles. I'm just gonna read the headlines, and that's how I'm gonna get my news. And I might even share the headline. I might even share the article without reading it. That's how most people, I think, interact with news on fake vi- news. And then, if anybody, he also pointed this out to me. He's like, think about how people, anybody who speaks with authority, you speak with with the mantle of authority or or with an authoritative voice, like um, someone like. Cuomo, for example, you know, comes out and speaks with authority, like Rudy Giuliani after 9-11, the way he spoke with authority. People tend to believe and trust. And what Facebook is doing now with the censorship and what YouTube is doing with censorship, it's it's with the voice of authority. They're coming in and they're telling you this is false. This, this thing you're looking at, we've hidden it even for your safety because it's false. And that just it comes with this mantle of authority that then allows people to not only interact with um, all kinds of content, but to like they they won't even click on it to form their own opinion, because now they've been told they've been granted permission to almost to ignore it more than permission. They've been told to ignore it by yes. the voice of authority. And one thing I want to point out, and, and I, I do want to get back to whether or not we should all be on Facebook or not, but. The, the other thing I wanted to point out is think about I've had some otherwise very intelligent people in the past couple of days defend censorship to me. An old friend from high school uh, uh, basically because I'm against YouTube censorship, he called me a snowflake. I don't think there's nothing snowflakey about saying I don't agree with censorship like <laughs> if you do go maybe right. maybe you're the snowflake if you need if you feel like you need that and we all need that, I don't know. but um, but otherwise but this guy i think is otherwise very intelligent and it just it boggles the mind that you would be okay with that you would be okay with it and cheering it on and i to those people i kind of want to ask i i I guess it's an inability they just they're just not seeing things the way i do and i'm maybe there's i'm not articulating it correctly about what's wrong with this so so here's a good test question and i asked this about the about us being uh labeled as uh mongers of fake news I guess right. um, if we shared if we had shared any legacy media article about Jesse Smalley, remember when all the headlines were talking as if it was a foregone conclusion that his story was true and every blue check mark, every authority on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere and in the mainstream media were, were they all going said along it. they all said it, they went along with this hate crime hoax story, if we had shared that if we had shared the Covington kids' stories the legacy media all the blue check marks they all went along with it that these kids were harassing this indigenous man you know when it was the other way around it turned out that it was the other way around if we had shared those those mainstream media links that turned out to be fake if we had shared any of the russia hoax links like the countless russia hoax the, the media spent an inordinate amount of time on this non-story, on this this fabrication. If we had shared any of those, if we had shared, remember was it ABC News that, that aired footage? They aired footage from a gun range in Kentucky. Was it Kentucky? And they said it was Syria. I think from it was Syria. Kentucky, yeah. Yeah, if, if we had shared that. Now, any of the countless times the mainstream media has fed us propaganda. And they regularly put opinion in with fact in all of their Things that are not supposed to be op-eds, the things that are reporting, they put opinion in there. And just like this video, pandemic, it's your job to read that and try and discern the fact from the opinion, from the propaganda part. None of those legacy media sources are going to be labeled fake news or false or outright false. This is false. We would right?
0: not have gotten labeled false for putting a CNN story up about Jussie Smollett. Yeah.
1: No never and youtube wouldn't take the video down and you wouldn't we wouldn't be deemed and punished we wouldn't be punished and had a, we wouldn't have our posts show up for fewer people because we shared an article from cnn that turned out to be mostly false you know what i mean like that and that that question i really i really wonder how those people answer that question how they square that question when they're seemingly fine with censorship uh, because and their justification in their mind is well this is bunk that's what this otherwise intelligent person said to me this pandemic video is bunk therefore they you know should take it down well there's a lot of stuff in it that's not bunk you know I think like we, we talked about it in a very nuanced way the problems that you and I had with it and yep. you know I think her previous study uh, like we said her previous study with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome is very iffy and it looks like it was uh, an incorrect incorrect assumptions and maybe she had contaminated samples that had that's not what the video's about. So does that go to her credibility? Sure. But there's other stuff in the video that's absolute fact that I didn't know about that was good information. You know, the Buy Doll Act being one of those. I didn't know about the Buy Doll Act. Um, the videos from doctors with their first hand experience with COVID, those videos are real. You know, those were included. The information on the financial incentive that the hospitals have to report deaths as COVID, that's real. And to say that this whole video is bunked. This whole video is false. Well, you guys don't apply that standard to the mainstream news because if you did, you would never share a mainstream news link again.
0: Right, Chris Cuomo would be uh, <laughs> banned forever. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, we can go down under the rabbit hole of how horrible Facebook is and how hypocritical it is for yeah. people to to say this. But I, I guess, I guess my conclusion when I started to realize that. These competitors like Minds and Gab will never, ever replace Facebook because um, because there is control at the Apple and Google. It's Apple and Google ultimately who are responsible for this, right? Because yeah. uh, Gab could absolutely replace Twitter if Apple and Google didn't ban it from their platforms. And Apple and Google will ban anything from their platforms that's a Twitter-like replacement if it is not part of the. Establishment. If it's if they don't adopt the establishment narrative, they don't care about Jack Dorsey. So if you invent a Twitter replacement that's also censors in the same way, and for some reason people like it better than Twitter, they'll put that on. And there are other competing social media platforms that do get to have apps, but none you will never have. I mean, they banned InfoWars, right? You will never have an app on Apple or Google unless something massively changes at those two companies, in which uh, wrong thinkers can actually be free to express themselves. And so what I realized was this makes, this means where we're having our discussions needs to change. We need to have them in private messenger apps like Telegram. So I use, I saw someone saying uh, Facebook Messenger, their, their husband makes, makes her use Facebook Messenger. Uh, look, Facebook Messenger is one of the worst uh, because it tracks you and all this stuff. So never use Facebook Messenger ever. Get rid of Facebook Messenger. Um, and and get rid of uh, I want to one? use
1: that as my excuse for why I'm so behind on answering Facebook messages. If I owe you a response, that's why that. No, it's really just because <laughs> there's a lot of messages in there and I have anxiety when I open it. But maybe I should just stop using it. Maybe if I just have one place where people contact you and it's not one of these evil platforms.
0: Right. And, and so um, the other one, what was the other one that Facebook acquired? Uh, crap, it begins with the W. I, I'm I, I'm blanking on it. It's the. Uh, Is it's a,
1: it WeeMe?
0: What? WeeMe. WeeMe? No, that's a funny no. name for an app, though. <laughs> um, I don't remember it. Uh, crap. Someone just tell me in chat. It, it's uh, it's not Viber. That was another one. It was uh, they were like a messaging app. Um, and you could actually make phone calls over it in Facebook acquired. WhatsApp. It. What? Thank you. WhatsApp. Yes. Uh, also acquired by Facebook, right? So you can't trust WhatsApp either. But so I like Signal. Signal is fine for personal messages. Signal's not great for group stuff. It's okay. Um, Telegram is, is fine. Telegram is good for group stuff, and a lot of people have it. And those apps are not viewed as um, the nice thing about them is they're not viewed as competitors because the, the the elites who the, you know, the apples and the Googles who control what's on the phones, they they recognize those as kind of private messaging apps in a way that doesn't allow them to delete them no matter who's using them and saying what. It's They're not viewed as broadcasty kind of apps, right? Um, they're not viewed as threatening Facebook and Twitter. So uh, actually I'm thinking, I'm gonna start spending more time on our Telegram channel um, because that's where I'd rather be. I, I, mean, I mean, I am in other Telegram groups as well on various topics and you know, sometimes it's spammy and it's harder to manage sometimes, but uh, you know, you can you can manage that and it's at least completely uncensored. I've never seen Telegram step in and be like, this is fake. I mean, people post some crazy stuff sometimes in Telegram, uh, but that's what we want. You're allowed to post post whatever you want. Um, The other app that I use, admittedly, and I know a lot of people won't like this, I use WeChat. And one of the reasons I use WeChat is, yes, it is just as bad, probably worse than Facebook in terms of invasion of privacy, controlling, blah, blah. It's, like, massively horrible. So you would ask why I would use WeChat. Well, it's only horrible – it's, like, Chinese government horrible. They don't give a crap what I say in the U.S. Like, (laughs) they – if I was going to have a crusade against China, I couldn't use WeChat because they would shut me down and censor me. But I'm an American citizen who's talking mostly about the U.S. They don't give a crap. They don't censor me talking about the U.S. because they don't care. So um, you, I can – I do sometimes use WeChat, but uh, well, I don't recommend – I- WeChat's not good. I mean it's, it's horribly invasive, but you know, I don't – China's not my threat. Are you, the U.S. government has control over my life, uh, not China.
1: Right. Well, at some point, I think we might start talking about China more just based on where my interests are going.
0: Right. And that's why we don't have an unsafe space group in WeChat because we
1: definitely uh, okay. do sometimes talk about
0: them. And we're not going to go. There. I'm just saying personally, I sometimes use it because, you know, I yeah. have some friends who use it. But Telegram is great. Um, it's just a messaging app, but it's rel- relatively secure. And um, and it has uh, no sensors in it. So... I I think we should start having conversations elsewhere is my point.
1: Somebody just said, you know, we all have phones with texting already on it. Oh, Little Ragamuffin said that.
0: Yeah, but the problem with that is, and no offense to all the wonderful people in our chat, I don't want everyone having my phone number uh, Mm. because I want it to be more open. Like, people that we don't know, as the community expands, people get invited and come in. And, like, I don't mind them being able to telegram me because I can block them on telegram or whatever, but I don't want them to have my phone number right that's that's a little bit too invasive so you need uh you need a level uh of indirection you need you need a level of indirection beyond your phone number so um and texting is even less secure than telegram uh keith is keith is going to start pushing uh i see uh i see some ham radio signs going 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 across on chat ham radio is another one i think that's a little bit technical for most people so i'm not recommending ham radio although I uh, I do have on my to do list to get my license, and I can chat with Keith the Hat Guy uh, and apparently Andrew. So
1: if we we'll if that. you get your ham radio license, can we put unsafe space on ham radio? Uh, I
0: don't
1: know how I don't know anything about ham radio. So I haven't I finished studying for
0: the tests, but it's normally not. Uh, I don't think it's normally used for broadcast, but you can. I think you can have conversations. Maybe, maybe. Keith, tell me. Keith in chat will tell us. I don't know. I haven't finished studying for the test. I don't have my license. I'm not sure what you're allowed to do. But well, Keith Keith can tell us in chat. Um anyway. Carrie, what else what else you got?
1: Well, uh, since we're talking about this dystopian future and that we're currently living in and uh, and again, I want to reiterate, I don't understand how all of these some people who are seemingly very intelligent and i know to be very intelligent don't seem to be uh intelligent when it comes to censorship and what we're currently going through and i'm I'm like have they not read 1984 have they not read brave new world have they not read fahrenheit 451 like all the classics we've been knocking out in book club like those are so applicable to what's happening how could you read those and not see the similarities I get I get that in nineteen eighty four it's coming from the censorship is coming from the government. But that's really the only difference. And I think we've talked about before, Andrew Breitbart had it right. Culture comes can sometimes come first. You know, he said politics is downstream from culture or culture is upstream from politics. We are culturally allowing big tech, we are allowing big social to censor in the marketplace what is what has become the online marketplace. You know, if if Orwell could have envisioned um, an online world, he may have written it this way, which is that it happens this way first. The government is going to follow suit. You know, do you think they won't? Facebook and Twitter and all these companies already work with authoritarian governments. They work with other countries to censor. You know, they they, they've done there's a there's a precedent for that. It's not that of course, and and if they're doing it to start with, they're taking it upon themselves to do it, right? Are you are you kidding me that the government's not in gonna is not already in bed with them and is gonna become more in bed with them on censorship? Like, is that how can you not put those dots together or connect those dots? I don't see it. So um, it's almost like when people read 1984 and they say, well, yeah, but in 1984 it was the government that was doing it. It reminds me of when people say stuff like. Um, well, the Holocaust happened to Jewish people. We're not taking away Jewish people's rights. It's, it's as if they have an inability <laughs> to take a situation and apply it to a different situation. It's like, yeah, we're not telling Jewish people they can't go to work, we're telling all people. Like, are, not all people, we are making a distinction. It's arbitrary, we're saying these industries can't go to work and these can. Does it have to be to uh, uh, Jewish people for you to say, oh, I see the similarity now. Like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. Somebody help me understand how really intelligent people cannot connect the dots. It's, it's baffling to me. Anyway, since we're talking about these uh, comparisons to some of the classics, I just sent you a news article about something from Singapore that's happening. Um, and you guys who were in book club with us on uh, Safe Space Book Club, we read Fahrenheit 451 recently. And you will... This is going to give you chills if you haven't already seen this. It's uh, remember the mechanical dog.
0: Yeah. We before we wait before we do that. Can I just make a comment on um the Big Brother okay. thing for just a second? Yeah. Um, we don't live in a free market society. So if you think that large corporations like Facebook, Apple, Google, um, uh, you know, Twitter, if you think that they are decoupled from Government spying, uh, you're an idiot. They are absolutely collecting that information. I mean, we already know the NSA. Edward Snowden told us that the NSA is collecting a bunch of unconstitutional data. What do we do about it? Nothing. Nothing. We whined a little bit, and now he's, you know, hiding out in Russia or wherever he is, and we've done nothing. Nothing. Nothing has happened. Nothing. And you think that they're not going to strong arm if the government wants information you think they're not going to strong arm google or facebook into giving it to them the only one and i don't like apple but the only one that even has a at least demonstrates a pretense of pretending to 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 push back on the government a little bit is apple sometimes um you know they've they've kind of demonstrated that they want to do that but i don't i don't think i think that's mainly because apple uh apple doesn't have as much information as the government wants (laughs) like Apple's not the government's target. Facebook is, right? Facebook and Google have a tremendous amount of information about you. And the idea that they're not complying when a government official shows up and asks for information or tells them to do stuff. I mean, I don't know if people understand this, but you know how the NSA collects data? Like, people think that the NSA uses magical techniques to collect, collect data that they've got, like, some super smart people figured out how to crack some codes and did some cool stuff. no. They walk into AT&T and they say, stick this box in your server room that gives us copies of all the fucking traffic. Like, that's what they do. They they go to AT&T. They go to Sprint. They go to all the big companies. They go to the telecoms and they say, give us your traffic. They have, ser- they have servers, their own servers in server rooms collecting data. The big companies do it for them because if they don't, well, you don't want You don't want the government on, you don't want to be on the government's bad side, right? You don't want the entire federal government and the NSA going after you. Uh, They will make your life a living hell. And certainly if you're large, you've already got regulations that you're, you're probably have a lobbyist and you're using regulations to protect your, you know, spot in the industry, especially if you're like an AT&T or something. Um, You've, uh, you've got bandwidth uh, licensing from the FCC. You don't want to lose your license, which I, I, I find it highly unlikely that if AT&T said no to the NSA, they would ever be able to renew an FCC license again as long as they were in existence. Um, so I, like the, the idea that this stuff is private is false. Yes, it was invented and started by private companies. It is not disconnected from the government by any means. It doesn't matter who built Orwell's TV right? It doesn't, in 1984, it doesn't matter who built the, the big screen with Big Brother's eye on it. Big Brother is still the government. Um, and these companies are working in coordination with bureaucracies. And I'm saying Deep State, because it's not always elected officials. It's the bureaucracy that does this. So I just...
1: It's the bureaucracy, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, before we, I, I'd want to say that before we got on to... Uh, no,
1: I'm glad you did. Well, hey, I have a comment Mm-hmm. i want you to respond to from chat um because it's dave who i ran into the other day how cool is that hey dave dave says apple's business model is based on security without that why have apple anything
0: oh you want me to respond to that yeah uh i think dave is partially correct uh i don't think their business model is 100 percent based on security but uh i will say that um one of Apple's differentiators for all of their products has been that it's uh, ostensibly, and probably in reality, uh, much more difficult for attackers and um, uh, 'er ne'er-do-wells to get access to your data, to load things that you don't want. I mean, installing apps on an an Apple device is much harder than than a Windows device, so, um, or, you know, other, or Google. So, yes, that has been part of Apple's selling point. At this point, though, uh, I don't know that I would say that it's their business. It's not their business model, uh, but it is a pillar. Uh, it's one of their added, it's one of their differentiating factors. And it's an important differentiating factor. If they suddenly stopped caring about that, would people stop using Apple? I don't think so. Not at this point. Uh, but you know, they do get to parade around and say, look, we said no to this request from the FBI. And that. I'm, makes me feel good i don't know if it's you know i i think it's true uh if it's not true they're the government is in cahoots with them making a nice little uh, you know dog and pony show about how they're mad at apple uh, when apple's not compliant so uh yeah i mean i i think they are better at security all right
1: okay let's you look at this, see this other my article? Dog. <clears throat>
0: all right yeah uh let's see so this looks like a Boston Dynamics dog. Is that what this is?
1: Uh, I'm not sure what it's called. Let's see. This is in Singapore. You want to it's read it? A, uh, I can't read the whole screen. Why don't you read it? Oh.
0: A terrifying mechanical dog is now stalking a Singapore park to make sure people stay properly distant. And this looks like the, the Boston Dynamics dog, which also, um, it's also looks like those dogs from... Uh, black mirror remember that black mirror episode
1: yes that's the other thing i'm like this is basically fahrenheit 451 meets black mirror
0: (laughs) yeah i think that i think the black mirror dogs were probably boston dynamics dogs so a good way to get people to take social distancing seriously is to send a horrifying robot dog to yell at them at least that's the (laughs) thinking in singapore i mean it's singapore right i mean they'll cane you for spitting on the sidewalk or it used to at least that's the thinking in Singapore where a four-legged robot innocuously named Spot, of course, it's not going to be named Killer, uh, is patrolling <laughs> the grounds of Bishan Mo Mokyo Park. Sorry for butchering that. To remind people to keep six feet apart. There's. Should, we, should I play this video? Is there a little video? Uh, I don't
1: think we need to play the video. Just no, look at okay. that dog. I mean.
0: I'll play it without uh... sound. Here's the video without
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there it and is. Somebody, somebody, said to me, somebody said to me, well, how would you respond if, some, if somebody said, you know, if you're not breaking the rules, you don't have anything to worry about, which made me laugh. But it's like, uh, but, well, who sets the rules? What are the rules? And when do they change? And who decides what they <laughs> this become? This is creepy.
0: And... Look at this. <laughs> oh, <Yeah. sorry. laughs> by the way, it was, it was developed by Boston Dynamics. Thanks, MIT.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> it's Jeez. so creepy it's so creepy Super and creepy. exactly okay so right now the rules are social distancing which I don't even agree with the government shouldn't have the right to send a robot dog to make you socially distant from your neighbor uh, but uh, okay let's say you're a person who's cool with that and you think oh, I'm cool with a robot dog Tell him, you know coming in and telling me to stay socially distant and reporting me to the authorities if I'm not um, What what about the next rule? What about when they put guns on the robot dogs?
0: Right. Well, I think also, how does the robot dog know whether the person you're not being distant from is your spouse and you're out for a walk together? Like, it doesn't, I don't know how right. I can do that. Um. Yeah. Keith the Hat Guy in chat says, and I think Keith is correct about this, and I'm sad that he's probably correct about this. Keith the Hat Guy says, the next dog will have a taser. The one after a nine millimeter. Best <laughs> best to, best to top, stop tyranny early. Put a trash bag over it? Yeah, so there's things you could do, right? You could put trash bags over it. Um, I'm not sure what else you could do. You Maybe you can throw a laser pointer at it and mess up some sensors. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh yeah, they won't jump right to the 9 millimeter. They'll start with a taser. Uh, and maybe they'll start with, like, a video camera, so it'll record you. Uh, I don't know if this one does that, but maybe it'll start with a video camera, so they'll record you and send it to the police. that'll be the next thing.
1: And, you know... Again, it's this whole thing about authority. I just think all these people who are cool with censorship and cool with authoritarianism, it's like they're like, oh, well I and and ex, they trust experts, right? And I put that in the air quotes because they only trust the quote unquote experts who are saying what they already believe. They don't listen to the ones who are not. Um, but they, I, I could totally see those people being like, you know, if the robot dog is recording you and putting out information, like again, think of 1984 and how they would falsify. Um, information about people, which Orwell wrote about happened. I mean, that happened. That, Soviet Russia was doing that. The, you know, uh, uh, Spain was doing that. It was, it, they were coming up with what he called them, what fantastic stories uh, of guilt, of, of crimes that people hadn't actually committed and how, how easy it was to get people in the West to believe those stories. Yep. Um if the robot dog has footage of you doing something against the rules I could totally see these people on my timeline who are defending censorship saying well I re- I believe the robot dog <laughs> like, <laughs> I, just,
0: I believe I the, trust robot. the
1: robot dog <laughs> So I I got to say
0: this is a the robot dog is a line for me that um if the robot dog gets deployed in the US which I don't think is about to happen but if it were to get deployed in the US that's one of those lines where like I don't know that I would uh, how do I want to say this? I would definitely break the law. I would be. I would not do it in a blatant like arrest me way, but I would definitely try and figure out like, okay, how do we surreptitiously start taking these dogs out? Like, we need to start actually. Like, you got to stop this. You can't have. You can't have this crap. Uh, but I guess the people in Singapore are like, look, a cute
1: robot. Let's take pictures. Well, again, you mentioned know. what Singapore is like, and uh, the very little I know about it, it's true. You know, you can get beaten for littering. So, again, look at what we've become in the past two months here in the U.S., we've become accustomed to creeping rules and regulations. You get people used to things incrementally. And we've been saying the next time they want to shut down the whole economy, it'll be for less. And we'll go along with it again because we've done it once. And, you know, by the time they bring robot dogs here, they're not going to bring robot dogs here tomorrow. We're not Singapore. We're not used to stuff like this. But by the time they bring the robot dogs here, we'll all be like, oh, yeah, we're robot dogs. Cool. <laughs> that, makes,
0: that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, just as a reminder, our- thermite oh, is very easy good. to make out of rust and aluminum. Oh. <laughs> 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 Because someday the we dogs. may actually—I hate to say this—and I never thought I would say this—but someday we may be fighting an army of robot dogs.
1: So, uh, I never apparently... I, things you never thought you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna slap of uh, fake news content on this video. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> robot dogs don't exist. Fake news.
0: Uh, yeah. Drones. The drones thing bothers me because they're. If um, uh, people are in chat are talking about drones. Drones are being deployed, and it's hard to get at drones, right? Like, if you shoot a rifle into the air, first of all, that's irresponsible. Second of all, uh, you'll get arrested. Like, you can hear rifles. Uh, So it's hard to do. Um, So taking out out drones, um, I'm actually really... I have a few friends who who work on who have been thinking about this in tech about how to take out drones, and there is some research about taking out drones. And um, I actually think anti drone warfare is going to be something that um, we're going to need to know um, because, yeah, not only are there going to be the big drones doing stuff like shooting at you and and or just surveying you, frankly, um, they're going to be there's going to be little drones surveying you. Uh, think about how hard it would be if you had like a drone even this big, right? Think about how hard that would be to make sure that was never in your house, right? That's it's yeah. not easy. Um, so someone needs to invent those cool things that are in almost every science fiction movie, which is like an EMP button that's not based on a nuclear reaction that just like magically, like, ooh, an EMP. Someone needs to invent one of those. I don't think those exist yet.
1: No, but we uh, have robot dogs, so those should be coming soon.
0: Yeah, RF is, yes. Daniel Keen in chat saying RF interference. Yeah, uh, but again, the FCC will get on your ass for that too. Um, so you'd have to do it directionally. You can, I guess, use phased array. Anyway, um, let's let's move on. <laughs> Not yeah. talk about robot dogs. Uh, can I just share a? I want to share a quote. Um, I want to share a quote with you. Uh, but maybe before I do, I'm going to share. So Kent Anufertchuk on Facebook sent me this. Um, he doesn't have the original post because it was taken down, but there's been a couple stories like this, and I actually saw another kind of mainstream story like this, which I'll share. Um, there was a person in chat, or sorry, on, on Facebook, in, in a group, a local group on Facebook, saying she only, she had a question, and she only wanted to hear from experts with healthcare degrees, healthcare, in in, in the healthcare industry or with degrees Um, from her city. So she's saying she wants to know why her city avoided the higher rates uh, of coronavirus stuff. And she said, quote, I don't want to hear from the general public, I just want replies from experts in a local group. And I've seen a lot of this stuff. There's this article here, um, which uh, I know other people are sharing on Facebook too. And this one, doctors on the front line of worst city in the world say it's time to end shutdown. Oh, this wasn't the one I meant to share. Although this is a good one. Um,
1: yeah, I shared this one today. That I yeah, to that's not even the anyway, article so. I meant to
0: share, but it's a good article. We can talk about it. The, the, this guy is actually in in uh, from Mount Sinai, Dr. Farhat from Mount Sinai, which is one of the worst hit hospitals, um, saying it's often not. I agree. It's not often I agree with Trump but I think we should open up on May 15th. So people are are pushing back a little bit. Sorry, that wasn't the and article I wanted to share. Though, but but, go but ahead. real
1: quick, since mm-hmm. you're on that, I'll just touch on it real quick. There, uh, it, He and a bunch of other doctors in New York are all saying, yeah, they, they're not like Trump supporters and they have to qualify that, right? It's not often I agree with Trump, but I think we should open up immediately. He was saying May 15th, some of the other doctors are saying now, today. and yes. And they said, you know, being on the front lines, we've come to this, I think it used the word unexpected conclusion because they didn't expect, you know, they probably agreed with all the shutdown measures at first. But, you know, he brings up the fact, he said, I'm seeing um, uh, like really small numbers of people coming in for the things they usually come in for, like cancer treatment, heart surgery, um, the things that, that are emergencies that are necessary, that people are probably staying home and not coming in or or those things are being forcibly rescheduled or they're choosing to reschedule them. And, you know, what about the human cost there of all these people who are not getting treated because, because we've reacted in the way that we reacted. And, and it's, these are doctors, these are experts on the front line saying this, like let's open up New York city, May 15th. And, you know, damned well that the people who say i only trust experts i want to go to your point about people only wanting to hear from experts or people with degrees in this field well hey here are some are you going to listen to them no you're not <laughs> because right. you only listen to the ones who
0: agree with you only the experts that i like yeah yeah um that is that is true carrie all right um well let me go back to let me go back to where i was looking for wanting to talk to talk about um i've so anyway i've seen a lot of these like you know only trust experts blah 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 and uh this is reminding me also of it's the same attitude as uh the settled science crap from the environmentalists like it's settled science again not how science works um and a friend of mine who i would totally shout out because he's an awesome guy but uh i don't know that he wants to be shouted out on this show (laughs) so i won't say anything uh he posted on Facebook uh, – he reminded me of this because uh, I actually just read about Thales recently, but he reminds me that uh, – he reminded me that Thales of Miletus – now, Thales was uh, like 600-something BC, um, it, roughly. He was recognized as one of the first philosophers uh, basically ever, the first philosopher, first well-known philosopher uh, who was written about. Um He said, and apparently, I didn't realize this quote was engraved on the front facade of the Oracle uh, of Apollo in Delphi. But he says, to bring surety brings ruin. And that, that really resonated with me also for the censorship stuff. Because we now have a large segment of the population who, look, it's easy to be sure about things. And I I've get I get criticisms from people uh, sometimes when we talk about stuff on Unsafe Space and I say, well, I'm not sure about this. Like, there's evidence here. I'm not sure. And people who are more sure, maybe have done more research and know more or just feel like they're sure, will write and say, like, you know, stop being wishy-washy. You have to say you're sure about this. I'm not sure. I don't have to say I'm sure. I I think there's evidence about something. Um. And we we live in an era where people are really, really... uh, They feel really, really compelled to be sure about everything. And that's... That's not how that's not how we get at truth. We don't say you're not allowed to question things. That's not how, that's not how any truth, you don't get at truth by saying you're not allowed to ask questions. That's what censorship is. That's what asking for experts is. Saying, I don't want to hear from people who don't have a medical degree. Um, Who's saying something doesn't matter. What matters is what's said. What's said is what matters. And. We have this culture that's really, it's, it's shockingly stupid. It's just a dumb, dumb way of looking at the world. But it's this idea that like, this is true. And once I've decided this is true, stop questioning it. This is the truth. This thing is like, literally, even Newtonian physics seemed pretty true. But it was a good thing people questioned it because they, they looked at edge cases. And they looked at things that were kind of weird and didn't seem to exactly fit the numbers. And voila, voila. We we ended up with uh, quantum mechanics and uh, and the general theory of relativity and things that were actually in use now producing technology. Um, that's how the neutron was discovered, so we wouldn't have nuclear power with that. Like it's it was people questioning the narrative and the the current model and saying, well, the model breaks down in these cases. Let's move forward. Um, that's how all science works, and this idea that like anyone—I don't know—I guess what bothers me is there's a there's a an air of self righteousness from these people who are like, stop questioning, blah blah blah. It's, you are an idiot if that's your if your if your attitude is don't question stuff. You're the problem, that's not scientific. You're not being the smart one. You're not being the educated one. You're not being wise or insightful by saying we shouldn't question what Fauci says or we shouldn't question what these experts have to say, blah, 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 blah. A, as Carrie pointed out, there's always other experts. And B, that's not how knowledge works. I,
1: I, yeah. I'm not no, being as
0: articulate as I want, but it's bothering me a lot.
1: Well, Alan added to this in chat to what you're saying. He said, certainty is the end of inquiry. Yes.
0: Yes. Thank you, Alan.
1: And so that's, it's like you, you, we are certain, therefore questions will not be allowed (laughs) and where there's no room for being wrong. And, and yeah, I mean the, the very existence of experts who disagree should be enough to show you that that's a bad path to take to say, we're going down this path and these are the experts who agree and we're going to ignore all of these and spear them. Um, I don't know. I, I I feel the same way. There's something about... Uh, well, there's another hashtag in chat Christopher posted, which made me laugh. Hashtag believe all experts. <laughs> believe
0: all experts. Yeah, it's like, like believe, believe women.
1: Yeah, believe all women. <laughs> as if they can't disagree. As if they can't be wrong. Uh, it, is a funny, it is a funny thing. Uh, thank you, Daniel, for the super chat. Daniel asked did we ever talk about the last of us video game at the top the topic is dying down? Uh, no. And that's okay if the topic's dying down because I still want to talk about it and maybe we'll bring my friend Chris on to discuss that with us. Cause he's a big pop culture junkie and loves talking about pop culture and wokeness. So, uh, we're still going to do it. Don't worry.
0: Can it be the same friend, Chris, whose voice everyone likes?
1: Yes, everybody. And if he's watching today, Chris, uh, well, we talked about this afterwards, that the ladies loved his voice and probably some of the men as well. And uh, they, they, and he said, you're making this black guy blush. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> By the way, Nicole Pratt in chat says, I feel like Carter has never visited next door." Nicole, I did install the app. Uh, <laughs> it's painful. <laughs> it's a painful app. It is a bunch of Karens uh it's it's pretty bad it's a pretty bad app um i also want to talk about something else uh people have been bringing up sweden as this this great example of coronavirus stuff and it there may be some good things about sweden i i, I don't know um a lot of people are throwing around like oh sweden's doing great blah 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 um i couldn't find a lot of unbiased articles about sweden uh so I just ran some high-level numbers, and I just want to share them with everyone. So first of all, you can't compare Sweden to the United States or other countries because uh, there's a different kind of different like society. People behave differently, different society, different population density. So what I did was uh, I compared Sweden to Norway and Finland, and I used very high-level numbers so that no one had to argue about like what counts as this and that and blah, blah, blah. I just used the number of deaths that, are, that have so far been attributed to coronavirus, which I get might be high, but um, the number of deaths uh, divided by the total population of the country, that's all I did, right? And I just thought, like, well, how does Sweden compare to Norway and Finland? Sweden's death rate is 0.032%. Norway is 0.0041%. Finland is 0.0049 percent. The U.S. U.S. is 0.024 percent, which is actually less than Sweden um, so far. So, again, I, I don't. I'm not saying we should have done a lockdown. I, you know, we're morally opposed to it anyway. But I, I see people running around saying like Sweden is Sweden did so much better. I don't. I don't see where those numbers are. I don't know why you're saying Sweden did so much better. Sweden looks like well it's not so much better.
1: I haven't seen people saying that yet. I've actually just I have. seen people. Oh, okay. Well, I've, I've seen people saying let's, let's wait and see with Sweden. Like Sweden's a good test case. There are other ways to do this. W- Correct me if I'm wrong, but wouldn't you expect to see a higher death rate there in the beginning? Because that's the way curves work. If you have no, like the play, I would expect the place with no government lockdown to yes. the, the curve to be higher at first to peak higher. But then when it drops off, I wouldn't expect to see as many little like I think our like I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a high curve here for right people right, who are right, right. Um, versus the US I think the curve would be or places of lockdown would be a little lower maybe not peak as high but then we're going to have lots of smaller curves afterwards once we end the lockdown don't would not be what you would expect
0: Well so that's the the argument is that Sweden is is developing herd herd immunity um, faster maybe so yeah, the two mitigating factors I was going to say is one, it's not over yet. So I don't think until it's over we can really do a comparison. Um, you know, another mitigating factor is some places maybe overcounting deaths more than others. Um, you know, there's also other factors like Italy just had a very large population of old people, so it's going to have a higher death rate regardless. Um, there's also uh, Italy
1: just, also always has a really high regular death uh, death flu. rate from the regular flu.
0: Right, right. Um, and there's also just cultural norms where. You know, the different ways of, you know, people wash their hands at different frequencies or interact. Like there's just different ways that people interact. So there's like cultural differences do matter for this kind of stuff. Um, so look, I, I'm not, I don't want to diss Sweden. Like, I don't think, I think if the U S government did anything, it should have been recommendations. Uh, I think recommendations are fine, which by the way, have mostly been what the federal government has done. It's mostly States just to remind people again, it's mostly States and local, uh, Governments that have actually mandatorily forced you inside, um, but you know, I, I wouldn't run around saying Sweden's a dis- success story yet. We don't, we don't really know. We
1: don't know yet. My, my whole thing is like Sweden is interesting to watch. Like we're not at the end of this thing, and I think, uh, I think at the end, what I would expect to see is that the death rates are similar. It's just that they hit their peak higher and they drop off, and that the countries with lockdown have lower peaks, but they have multiple peaks. That's what I would assume. yeah or but just that, a flatter a curve flat, they could have
0: one yeah. flatter curve right you never know um
1: uh, i have to go to the bathroom carter you, that's okay I'm, I'm gonna walk i'm gonna i'm gonna right talk back. about woodstock
0: because okay. i saw this okay. article in uh, oh, american God. oh you did good yeah okay jeffrey well
1: tucker. I, I dig jeffrey tucker okay i'll be back
0: here we go this is a good article if anyone has uh if anyone's seen it it's a good article if you haven't seen it i guess um Woodstock occurred in the middle of a pandemic is the title of this article, so not what you might expect from Jeffrey Tucker. He goes on to say, in my lifetime, there was another deadly flu epidemic in the United States. The flu spread from Hong Kong to the United States arriving December 1968 and killing and peaking a year later. It ultimately killed 100,000 people in the US, mostly over the age 65 and 1 million worldwide. Do those numbers sound familiar, people? Uh, lifespan in the U.S. in those days was 70, where today's it's 78. Um, population's different, lower obesity, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, in terms of lethality, it was as deadly and scary as COVID-19, if not more so. Though we'll have to wait to see. So, at least he's saying we'll have to wait to see. So, let's take a look. It's the H3N2 pandemic. Um, killed more individuals in the U.S. than the combined total of American fatalities during both the Vietnam and Korean wars. He was five. He doesn't have a memory of this. But let's just read about what was going on at the time. Nothing was closed by force. Schools mostly stayed open. Businesses did too. You could go to the movies. You could go to bars and restaurants. John Fund has a friend who reports having attended a Grateful Dead concert. In fact, people have no memory or awareness that the famous Woodstock concert of August 1969 planned in January during the worst period of death actually occurred during a deadly American flu pandemic that only peaked globally six months later. There was no thought given to the virus, which, like ours today, was dangerous mainly for a non-concert-going demographic. Yes, stock markets didn't crash because of the flu. Congress passed no legislation. The Federal Reserve did nothing. Not a single governor acted to enforce social distancing, curve flattening even though hundreds of thousands of people were hospitalized, or banning of crowds. No mothers were arrested for taking their kids to other homes. No surfers were arrested. No daycare, no daycares were shut, even though there were more infant deaths with this virus than the one we're experiencing now. There were no suicides, no unemployment, no drug overdoses attributable to the flu. We don't have to read the whole thing, but I think you get the point. I'm con- particularly concerned about... Uh, I'm concerned about suicides uh, with this thing. I think, I think we're going to see a spike in suicide rate. I think our unemployment rate. I don't. I think it's like I, we're over 33 million people. I think unemployed now. This is. Uh, I've said this before. I don't mean to be scary, but this is just devastating to the economy. You're going to have, uh, you're going to have people die, and you're going to have people uh, not only from suicide. A lot of people have been scared away from going to the doctor uh, to get help. So, uh, you're going to see more people die. The COVID-related deaths are going to be. they're not going to be covid related they're going to be shutdown related deaths which is uh you know often the government's response to something is worse than the something itself and i think this may in fact uh end up being the case um daniel gives a super chat carrie needs pee she (laughs) prego there goes my chances i don't think she's pregnant uh but i'll let carrie answer that herself carrie
1: (laughs) unfortunately no (laughs)
0: Unfortunately, uh, no. Did you hear that? (laughs) Unfortunately.
1: Um, Well, the suicide rate, I mean, just it's soon to know this, but the numbers I've seen so far have, yes, they've indicated what we all knew, which is that suicides are going to spike. They always spike during a recession. And uh, I saw one uh, article with figures out of Queens. It was just taking one small area, right? And it said... I think there were 17 suicides in the month of, uh, was it either March or April? And that that number was, it took three months to get that number in Queens previously. Like that was the same right. as what they had for January, February, and March. They had that many in April or something like that. So it's, I mean, three times as many. It, we're, they're well, already this, seeing that.
0: Yeah, look at this article from Investor, uh, or sorry, International Business Times. Um, Let's see. Oops. Sorry. I'm having a boomer tech moment again. Okay. There we go. They're estimating 75,000 Americans projected to die from suicide and overdose because of coronavirus. Um, And this is a so this is the Wellbeing Trust, which is a public health group. I don't really know their background, but they did this study. They were previously saying there was going to be a range um, between 27. And 150,000, and now they're saying, um, now there's these are in addition to the projected deaths, right? Now they're saying that number they're kind of honing in around 75,000. They think, um, I guess the unemployment rate is 14.7 percent. I don't know why it's not higher because if you do basic math on the number of who filed for unemployment and the number of working age adults, it's higher than 14 percent. But I who knows, the government likes to monkey with numbers, so I don't know where that comes from. But yeah, so they're estimating seventy-five thousand. That's um, that's not that's just awful. a little bit. That's not like a mild collateral damage. That's that's a pretty big, um, uh, that's a pretty big number.
1: I've been looking at. Uh, well, I think we mentioned it once before on a podcast, but I've been looking at alcohol numbers, and of course they're all over the map because there's different studies coming out, and this is still relatively recent and. Um, but it, I've seen everywhere from alcohol consumption being up 22% to 300%, depending on how they're testing for it, like what their methodology is, that kind of stuff. And also that it's in uh, in California. One of their studies showed that it's higher during the week than it's ever been, but actually lower on weekends in terms of number of DUIs they're pulling over. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, just anecdotally, I know everybody, people in chat, like Maria saying, you know. I've been pretty depressed and I'm not an overly emotional person. I'm sure this is hitting some people really hard. Yeah, people with um, existing issues or dependency issues or um, maybe they didn't previously have dependency issues, but now their consumption is up on certain things. Like, this is not good for people (laughs) to be... Look, there are some silver linings. Don't get me wrong. A couple of different conversations I've had recently, people have talked about some of the silver linings being, you know, slowing down, not rushing everywhere from sports activity to sports activity with the kids, you know, like staying at home, getting quality time with their children. Like there've been some really positive things, but there's also so much, there's going to be, and there it's already happening. And there's going to be so much devastation that we can't even put into figures. And again, that's why it it baffles the mind that people insist on saying, you know, staying at home is the, the it, you know, the government forcing people to stay at home and not go to work is the unselfish thing. It's like, no, it's not. You're not even looking at all the all the tragedy that's resulting from this and is going to result from this. And, um, you know, the suicide figures, child molestation figures, domestic abuse figures, um, yep. pendency rates and. Since we're talking about alcohol and drugs, uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the San Francisco uh, Board of Health. I
0: did see that,
1: yes. Did you see that? So if uh, you have that article, feel free to pull it oh, up. Only
0: here, Carrie, only here would we do oh, that. Oh,
1: yeah, this is in your backyard, sir. Yeah, so they admitted that they are, they've been putting the homeless up in, ho- in hotels. Yes, Well, now of they've course, admitted that also they're also giving the homeless that they're putting up in hotels they're also giving them free drugs alcohol nicotine and other yes. substances yes now it baffles the mind again i keep using that phrase but i just i every time i look at look at the news i'm like wait what world are we living in I get the justifications for it. People were giving me the rationalizations for that, you know, well, DTs, you know, people coming off of drugs and alcohol hard. Plus, they don't want these people out robbing or getting the drugs in other ways. And I totally get all the reasoning behind it. Don't get me wrong. What is fascinating to me is that as a society, we can look at something like that and we can say, well, look at the reasoning. We don't want them getting the drugs any other way, and we don't want them having DTs, and therefore we should give them free drugs and alcohol. You, but then we simultaneously don't get the reasoning for why people should be able to go to work and provide for their children and put food <laughs> on the table. It's like <laughs> give homeless people free drugs and alcohol? Sure. Let you go to work and make a living and provide for your kids? No way! Right. <laughs> there couldn't possibly But you'll die if you medication? don't have yeah. drugs. Right. Yeah, right. There'll, there'll, <laughs> be, there'll be negative repercussions if we don't give them free drugs and alcohol. Really? Are there going to be there's no <laughs> negative repercussions of not letting people go twi- what is it last I saw it was 33 and a half million people unemployed. And those are just the ones who filed for unemployment. It's not, right. That's not the total number. There's no negative repercussions of that. We don't have to worry about that staggering figure of people and what they're doing right now to survive. But let's make sure these homeless people have their drugs. Because the rationalizations, we get those, but we're not these. I just think that's amazing. Well,
0: you have to, be, you have to understand that homeless people are worshipped <laughs> in San Francisco. They're, they're the most important population. Um, I, I do, we do need to say a uh, shout-out to Keith. who uh, Keith, you know, I didn't realize Keith um, could commune with the dead, but it turns out he can. And he dug up this George Washington quote, which I'm 100% sure is legitimate. It says, uh, we fought a revolution during a malaria epidemic. You are all a bunch of wussies. So,
1: that sounds like an uh, accurate quote. <laughs> yes.
0: That's uh, from our founding father's mouth directly to your ears uh, thanks, via Keith.
1: We're going to get another fake news label. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks, Keith. We're going to get fake news for that. This <laughs> There's going to be a Snopes called. article. George Washington did not actually. <laughs>
1: he didn't use the word wussies.
0: <laughs> yes George Washington is technically dead um also we should thank uh Nicole Pratt Nicole Pratt gave us a super chat she says a year from now how hard will it be for you to refrain from telling these hordes of Karens once the full impact of this hysteria hits we she meant effing told you so because it's gonna be hard for me I don't I'm not gonna try and refrain uh from saying that to hordes of Karens uh we are uh, and and I saw some people in chat talking about this we're in for uh win for a serious um, depression some people think the boogaloo will happen I, I don't know i can never predict when that will happen but um you know one thing it's done for us actually is uh and i don't and i assume this is true for a lot of other people we've really learned to be we've spent a lot less money right we've been we've been home uh, we've been self-sufficient. I mean, yeah, yeah, we have to buy food, but we, you know, we ended up buying early on. We ended up buying like giant cut, like giant cuts from a cow, right? So we're learning how to like butcher steak and make jerky and do a whole bunch of things. And we're, you know, we're working on. We don't have our chicken coop ready, uh, but we're, you know, that's in our plans. It was already in our plans, um, but. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of people, and oh, and we we haven't we haven't been going out to eat, right? The use going out to eat is an expense that we just kind of did regularly, like a lot of people just do. Um, we don't really do that uh, ever anymore. So we're really, I don't know, we've really become obviously isolated, but also less consumer focused, right? Where yeah. We're just being more, Again. we're operating more efficiently and we're spending time as a family. I mean, a little bit more Netflix than we should, so I feel guilty about that a little bit, but uh, not not that much, uh, especially compared to most families. We're definitely getting to spend time with each other and doing projects around the house, and um, I don't know. Hopefully we can take the silver lining here and keep doing those things moving forward when we're actually allowed to go back out again.
1: Uh, that's one of the other things I would say is like the silver lining that I've, I've been talking about with some people is that they're consuming less. Like, what are some positive things that might come out of this? Because on the whole, I think we, you and I, and most people who watch our show would agree that this has been a, just a tragedy of, of just a catastrophe of, proportions that I can't I can't really my brain is not very good with numbers sometimes I can't really fathom how big this is going to be but um but, but there are with every like with every crisis with every negative thing there are there are always unpredicted positives and so some of those I think are people spending quality time with like we said with their kids some people might choose to continue homeschooling there are some people who might like we've talked about before realize how little their kids are learning or realize what their kids are being programmed with and decide to homeschool or at least make homeschooling a part of their education. Um, there, I think like you're saying, there are people who've realized how much they used to spend going out and just on uh, expenses in general, like cutting down on those things that are unnecessary. Um, I've still been buying some unnecessary things. I see that. <laughs> 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 but I have cut down on a lot of them. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I think that would be maybe maybe some we will hold on to some of those things as we get back to hopefully, at some point get back to normal. You know one thing I noticed, Carter is at the beginning of all this, I was really skeptical of what you were saying about how um, once an entity or a government, a local government or whoever gets gains power that they are reticent to. Uh, turn it back over. And I remember some of our episodes at the beginning of this where I was like, Oh, I don't I'm not worried about these temporary freedoms. I I I'm sure we're gonna get them back. Like it'll be fine. And even when we talked to the constitutional lawyer, Chris Ann Hall, and she was saying the same thing that you that once when once power has been gained, it's not given back easily. I still was skeptical about that somewhat, um, but recently it's become aware, I've become aware of the fact that, like you're right, you were right, Carter, I was wrong. They're not gonna hand it over easily. I do still think, I am still an optimist, I do still think we'll get back to something that resembles normal, um, but we're forever changed, I think, and um, uh, the, sorry, I just got a little notice about my speaker was changed, I don't know why, okay it's gone. We still hear um, you. but I think I think things have forever changed and I, I think that um gosh, I lost my train of thought cuz of that notice. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh oh, I know what it was. I heard this is this is for Maria who's in Washington. I heard the governor of Washington is um talking about Oh, you can hear me?
0: Yeah, well, you're fine. We hear you.
1: Okay, I'm fine. So I heard the governor being interviewed. I think it was on CNN and he was saying Well, we can't just open up Washington state like people are saying we need to get back to work. We need to open up the economy. And I disagree with President Trump. First of all, he created a narrative in his answer. I think it was Larry King that was interviewing him. He created a whole narrative where he started off by saying the president's mismanaged this from the beginning and starting with calling the virus a hoax which itself is a hoax. The president never called the virus a hoax. We know that if, if you guys still doubt that, go back and listen to his comments in context, like listen to it yourself. That's not what he said. He said that the Democrats trying to say he mismanaged it was a hoax. He didn't say the virus itself was a hoax. That would be a dumb thing to say if he felt, it doesn't even make sense because he had already banned travel from China by then. Why would he ban travel from China for something he thought was a hoax? It's, it's a dumb lie. But anyway, this governor from Washington repeated that lie. And then he went on to say um, he doesn't agree with him that we should be opening things up and that in Washington state, we need to have committees. He used the word committees and it brought me right back to that interview <laughs> we did with Chris Hall and with you with you telling me that they don't give up power easily. He's like, well, first, we need to form a committee for this and committee for this. We need, we need to, a committee we just, to like, study
0: whether we should give up power. <laughs> because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: we can't just open up immediately and we'll have to do it phased and the committee will have to figure what, what businesses are allowed to come back and maybe we start with construction and maybe we start with it. It's like, dude, no, you just open up. You just give people back the right to go to work and make money so they can take care of their children and put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. Like you don't, you don't need a committee. Trust me. But of
0: course we really need to read Atlas Shrugged as our next book club book. I I got (laughs) it. It's getting hard to not recommend it every time now. Okay. Uh, It's it's so poignant. Um, Yeah. I mean, and uh, I've, you've seen like California, I think it was California. They were saying, um, Things will only return to normal once there's a vaccine, which is like, I, wow, that's crazy. Um, yeah. And and I'm one of my concerns is that the the vaccine will become, if not mandatory, by it'll be de facto mandatory, where you like have to have the app that shows that you've got the vaccine or whatever. Like, uh, it's. Um, It's not, this is not good. This is not, this is not, we are not we don't bounce back from this crap. This is, this is serious, which is why I get some people in chat think that the boogaloo is going to happen as a result of this. I don't know, but we're going to have, we've got huge unemployment. Um, Little ragamuffin saying casinos in Vegas are telling employees that they won't open until 2021. Um, You know, this, this is devastating to many economies and, you're gonna have people really, really suffering. And unfortunately, two things happen. One is they get, uh, obviously, people get more prone to civil disobedience slash violence when, um, when, thing, when there's hard times. But they also, and governments love this, because this, this is a double win for governments, right? This is, this is, this is my negative prediction. Uh, the coronavirus happens. There's an excuse to seize some power. They seize some power to save us from the coronavirus. They do it in a way that actually creates a bigger problem, and devastates the economy, right? This is a, this is a much bigger but the economy devastation is a much bigger problem. Than much coronavirus, bigger. Hands down. Hands down. Much bigger. So they and so then who do you think, what do you think they're gonna say this to the, the solution to the devastated economy is? Do you think they're gonna say, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have shut things down. We should go back to a more free market and let people do That's not gonna be their solution. They're gonna blame what little left we have of the free market. And they're going to say, well, now we really need universal basic income. We really need the government to take care of. Now's the time for communism. Basically, they won't use the word communism because too many people have a negative association with it, but they're basically going to make the argument that they need to take over more and more to make us feel better. And people, people, when they're down, they're more likely to say yes, please to that. Um, and that's what's particularly scary to me. I would rather have a boogaloo than than have the entire population pull its pants down and bend over. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that's mostly what's going to happen is we're going to get more communism.
1: Yeah, uh, totally. And like you said, people are going to be desperate and willing to do that. And like Maria points out in the chat, there's never been a vaccine. What did she say? There's never been a vaccine for the common cold. Like, there's never been a vaccine. Is that true? Uh,
0: well, but, I mean, I think the common cold, doesn't it mutate constantly? I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, and RNA why vaccines...
1: So... Yeah, go, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go.
0: I mean, I think RNA vaccines are, um, which is what they're looking at for coronavirus, I think they're uh, promising and interesting, but I don't think they've had, like, lots of proven success. Uh, they seem to be potentially more safe than other vaccines. Um, but... Uh, I don't know that there's a lot of success. I'm not an expert on it, but, um, I, I, they're, they're totally gonna, they're totally going to use this, not only as they use coronavirus, but they're going to use the economic collapse, which is inevitable at this point, uh, as another excuse to, to seize more power. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where it goes from there.
1: Well, somebody Uh, said, Tara said, uh, What else are the unemployed going to do? I wouldn't be surprised if there were food riots in the streets. Yeah, I mean, at some point, I think I could see that happening. If these governors continue, Governor Newsom in California is another one. That guy is dangerous. That guy is dangerous. And he has, you know, he has political aspirations beyond being governor of California. Um, He is, he just said, and and my friend came to live with me finally, thank goodness. From California, and I don't, I don't know how long she's going to stay, but probably for a while because she's not going to be able to work there for who knows how long. And um, he just said they're not going to open up California until there's a vaccine. Well, here's the thing about this: Texas is. We've been talking about this here. I think we're going to see. We've already seen a huge influx of people from California and Colorado and a few other places. I think we're going to see a big, even bigger one now, and. You know, I have, I'm I have with my friends, I'm like, sure, come, you're allowed. But, <laughs> but, but, and people who agree, like, who feel the way we do about states' rights, or, or not states' rights in this case, but about the individual rights and about um, the state not having the right to tell you you can't go to work. Sure. But what's interesting to me is I already know some people from California who agree with the lockdown who've now chosen to wait it out in Texas. I'm like, wait a minute. So wait, what? You agree with the lockdown but you're not going to subject yourself to it. You're going to come to a place that is that seems like it's going to open up a bit quicker. It doesn't you don't see any hypocrisy there. <laughs> like,
0: well, the left has been I, trained to really be blind to their own hypocrisy. That's one of the one of the, the properties. By the way, uh, just to be just for some sciencey stuff, I guess uh Elva Caro in chat says that uh, um Coronavirus colds do not confer prolonged immunity even though they don't mutate quickly. Uh, so I didn't realize that. I guess they don't mutate, but they I guess you don't get immunity? I'm not sure. Um, but uh, he says also, attempt at a SARS vaccine was worse than no vaccine. It caused cytokine storms upon exposure to SARS. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I, the idea that uh, we can have a the idea that there will be a fix that is um very low risk and and high success rate in any reasonable amount of time is is a pipe dream it might not happen at all um so you know we don't we don't control we know we're not omniscient we're not masters of the universe it's not like you know plug the coronavirus into our computer and out pop the vaccine that works perfectly like that's not that's not how our our lives are um
1: well, one By more the way, thing on that. Okay. Oh, sure go ahead. No, go ahead. You want to thank If you have one chatter. more thing,
0: sorry. okay.
1: Well, about that, about that, um, uh, people moving here from California. So Elon Musk has been pretty vocal during this, and I've really appreciated a lot of what he's saying because he's one of the few elite um, who are out there questioning the narrative we're being fed, and who are who's calling yep. this what it is, fascism, and saying, you know, let people go to work let people go to work for goodness sakes so most recently over the weekend uh he threatened to move tesla headquarters out of california into texas and nevada and he also filed a lawsuit against alameda county in california i don't know if you saw this
0: um actually uh i was that was exactly the thing i was about to talk about so oh, wow. yes okay, cool. there's the article <laughs>
1: there's the article perfect okay so <laughs> yep. he says uh he so filed suit on saturday night against alameda county after they refused to let the company reopen its Fremont factory. Uh, frankly, this is the final straw. Tesla will now move its headquarters and future programs to Texas, Nevada immediately. Now, I'm conflicted about this. On the one hand, Texas needs jobs. But on the other hand, who comes here with those jobs? Just like we have a huge, a new Google campus opening in Austin. Ugh, disgusting. And, I, and you know what that's going to do. Austin's already woke. It's just going to bring And they're going to spill out of Austin into surrounding counties. Williamson County is now getting a huge apple headquarters as well a huge apple campus um and i mean i'm not i'm not again there's positives too with this but he's talking about moving tesla here but this is the paragraph i wanted to point out
0: oh good Look it's for, it's going to be this it's going to be this i yeah. hope
1: the yeah lawsuit follows months this is a, this is an illustration in propaganda by the way this you is want cnn to just to be clear yep. cnn and this is not an op-ed this is not an op-ed this is a news piece yet they insert opinion and propaganda here. Uh, the lawsuit follows months of Musk tweeting debunked and controversial coronavirus claims and railing against stay-at-home orders, often contrary to health officials' guidance.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: what do you have you know, to say about that, Carter?
0: <laughs> well, you know, I've, I've, uh, I think I said this on the last show. I've, I have a... Love hate relationship with Elon because i there's things about him I absolutely love and admire um and this article captures many of those things um and then there's things that I'm not a big fan of uh i don't I don't like companies that have taken a billion dollars in loans from taxpayers, and uh I think the Tesla is largely a fraud uh, because um <laughs> the electricity uh used to um, power of the Tesla is, uh, in most places, generated through burning coal. So, um, and the batteries, I mean, the, the technology, the, bat- the lithium um, batteries uh, are, have a huge environmental impact. And I'm not speaking as an environmentalist, I'm just saying like, look, you know, um, the idea that Teslas w- are gonna save us from uh, <laughs> global warming or that there's some environmental choice, they're cool cars. And if he was just like, this is a cool car, uh, it accelerates faster because uh, because it can because it's not an internal combustion engine and it's just a DC motor like there's some cool reasons to like Tesla's so they're cool cars um, but the whole patina of environmentalism and the government subsidies and crap uh, I have a strong distaste for. So
1: there's a uh, really but, funny you know. JP Sears video if you guys are familiar with JP Sears he, uh, he's a comedian. There's a funny Tesla video he has out right now, which is saying what you're saying, Carter. He's like, "My Tesla is basically a way for me to show people that I'm a rich person who cares about the environment." Right.
0: <laughs> right. But then, I mean, but he- look, I I thought about getting a Tesla at one point, but just because they're cool, and um, and I was going, I was gonna, I don't, I'm not the kind of person to get personalized license plate, but I was gonna get a personalized license plate with it that said "Coal Car." Um, because I just want people to know that I'm not buying it to be an environmentalist. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't buy a Tesla. But they're cool cars, they're neat. Um, I don't I don't fault anyone who looks at a Tesla and salivates and is like, I want a Tesla. Um, but I do fault people who think they're morally superior because they're driving around a Tesla. Uh, so.
1: Yeah. They're, uh, I think he used the phrase enviro-shaming. They have enviro-privilege.
0: Enviro-shaming? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, can I, um, I want to, uh, I want to go to an article actually about, um, I won't say close friend or anything, but kind of a, a acquaintance. He used to be, used to be close friend, but, um, it's been years since we really, you know, we're friendly, um, cause they moved, they moved their gallery, uh, out of the Bay area. But, uh, I want to, you'll like this so there's a there's an art gallery i've purchased art from these guys before i've got a few in my house um the gallery is called the the cordaire gallery Quint cordaire is the founder of it and um i'm gonna i'm gonna read they wrote an open letter to the county of napa and i just want to read it um it's not that long an open letter to the public and to officials of the city of Napa, the county of Napa, and the state of California. We're reopening our art gallery in downtown Na- Napa not later than 11 a.m. Monday, May 4th. By the way, they've been going through, they've now been going through this stuff. This is obviously a week or so ago. Appropriate and adequate social distancing protocol will be in place and observed. City, county, and state officials are being notified with encouragement to adjust to any policies and plans accordingly. I love that they're like, we're doing this, so adjust your policies. As of next Monday, our gallery's doors will have been closed by county and state order for six weeks and three days. Over that span, the county of Napa population 137,744 at last count has recorded two two deaths attributed to COVID-19, both from over three weeks ago, with 60 confirmed cases in the county total, of which 26 have recovered by the most recent county report. As of last Monday, according to the Register, there were three COVID-19 patients hospitalized in the county, including the one in intensive care. We've been averaging fewer than two new cases reported daily since the first two were reported on 322. There were no new cases reported in the county this past Thursday. Testing for the virus is now available. Our hospitals, Kaiser, the Queen, Adventist Health, are all fine. As of today, there is no ext- extant emergency in Napa County, no evidence of an imminent crisis, no evidence of an impending situation that wouldn't be well manageable with with available resources. It's past time to start reopening the local economy with care, sensible precautions, continued and in increased testing and attentive monitoring. For those for whom art is essential, The experience of enjoying the paintings and sculpture in our 3,000 square foot space, a limited number of guests at a time, observing our no touching policy, will be as safe or safer than venturing to Home Depot, Target, Walmart, the supermarket, the mini market, the liquor store, the gas station, the dog park, or even the restaurant for picking up takeout. We have 30 artists and their families relying on us for support. We have employees to employ. We have bills to pay. We've risked everything. We've worked too hard and fought too long to bring our business to life, to keep it alive and to grow it over the past 24 years to sit passively and watch it die for the unwillingness of some in the community to permit others to live and work on their own terms, to accept and deal with any marginal risk, risk at their own judgment and discretion. My welcome, We welcome other Napa business owners willing to join us in reopening next Monday if and as they are able and deem proper, but we'll open alone if necessary. Public officials... Know that we've prepared to risk fines, arrest, or jail. We're pursuing resources for any necessary legal challenge up to the Supreme Court if necessary. Our constitution and system of government was created and established to secure the right of each and every individual in these United States to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. There can be no life without work. There can be no work without liberty. And with so many others, we're increasingly unhappy being able to work and live for lack of liberty. The present situation is untenable, unacceptable, unjustifiable. It's unhealthy and unsustainable. Not dying is not living. We're going back to work. We hope to see you in the gallery soonest, hopefully to enjoy the art. If not, we know know that we're prepared to defend our right to live, work, and interact freely, and that we will indeed defend our right to do so if and as necessary. Let's not make it necessary. Please join us in working our way back to living and well and fully living mindfully, sensibly, healthy, and productively while respecting every individual's right to work and to sustain their own life and well-being as they may. We have an extraordinarily challenging road ahead. Let's get Napa back to being Napa with hope and optimism that isn't already too late to do so. Every day and with every, and every hour counts. We must get back to work, back to living as well and as quickly as possible while continuing to observe reasonable precautionary measures. It's time. Um I just wanted to this, share it because I know these people, and uh, they are going through. You know, they got in trouble. This
1: is bad. <laughs> this is badass, Carter. This is badass. You and like I that? Hope, I love it. I'm sharing it right now. I hope that other small business owners take note. This is what you need, and you need a well articulated public. If you're going to do this, if you're going to, uh, if you're going to be ballsy and brave and say, "Look, it's worth it. The trade off is worth it for us to do this." You need to be first of all willing to for people to call you names. They're going to be publicly. There's going to be a lot of media around it. So use that media to your advantage. Get a letter out there first. Putting you create the narrative first. I love this. And they're yeah. and they're like Christopher Walken in that clip you showed. They're like, we're opening. You guys better prepare for it. The you know with your committees yes. and your whatever. Yeah, like
0: yes. <laughs> so this is their website. <laughs> if anyone wants to go, it's cordair.com. You can and go to their website. Awesome. Uh, and there's a bunch of art on their website. Um, I've I've got an In fact here. I'll show you. I'll show people what's in my house. Uh, I have this original one in my house, uh, which is a litmus test because some people hate it and some people love it. That's why I have it in my house. Um, you can tell people's sense of life. But yeah, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting art here. And um, go check it out. But more importantly, go open your own business. Um, and defy this stuff so uh, also quent the, the founder he tweeted something out which an article about them was like quent cordaire who tweeted ayn rand like like it's <laughs> like accusatorily he tweet he did tweet ayn rand and i'm gonna read you this is the fountainhead i'm gonna read you what he tweeted the very beginning and for those of you who don't know i'm not giving anything away really um so the main character is Howard Rourke. At the very beginning of the book, I'm only on page 13, he he gets kicked out of architecture school at the very, very beginning of the book. Um, and the reason he gets kicked out, he's technically a genius. Um, he gets kicked out because he disagrees with the aesthetic requirements of the school and they want him to have a better appreciation for the way things are done now and he wants to do things his own way. Um, and he's kind of, uh, he gets called in after he's kicked out, the dean calls him back to have a conversation with him and he's kind of like, not even really caring about the conversation. He wishes that he had already left because he realizes that uh, he should have just left because he has nothing left to learn from the institution. So the dean's kind of incensed that he's not upset that he's getting kicked out. Um, And uh, and he's saying, like, do you intend to, like... Because he's saying he still intends to be an architect, and the dean's, you know, furious about this, and he's like, well, you you wouldn't build stuff like you're drawing for us because they don't like his aesthetic. That's the the point. They don't like... um, and he says, do you mean to tell me, this is the Dean, do you mean to tell me that you're thinking seriously of building that way when and if you are an architect? And Rourke says, yes. And the Dean says, my dear fellow, who will let you? And Rourke says, that's not the point. The point is, who will stop me?
1: Yes, yeah! That is what was retweeted. <laughs> that's the Christopher Walken thing! Yes. Yes, who will stop me? Yeah. And by the way, I have to say, shout out to Becky in chat. I saw her mention this um, on social media before, but she's opening her business.
0: She's the one we talked about
1: previously. Yay, Becky. Um, She put up a a giant banner, a huge flag, and a banner printed that says, I stand for freedom, that she's hanging in her business window. If I was in Minnesota, I would make the trek to come and frequent your business because I think we need to support small business owners who have the – balls to do this and and if you're not in minnesota if there's any way we can support you becky you just let us know like that that's awesome and you know godspeed
0: yeah uh congrats becky becky is great she's reached out to an offer to to help us on some stuff which i've been lame about using (laughs) that help but i'm working on i'm working on it there's a we missed a super chat let me find it so i can put it up on the screen and i feel bad about missing super chats And it's way, i got to scroll way back. It was after Nicole's last super chat. Uh, It's from Andrew Thompson. Here it is. Um, Check out Dave Cullen on YouTube. He had an interview on his Computing Forever channel with a microbiologist today. So Andrew thinks that's good. Go check it out if you want to go. Dave Cullen. Cool. Yeah, Dave Cullen's pretty good uh, generally. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I got a few other things I can talk about, but I don't really need to. Um, we can kind of wind it down. Carrie, what's your, what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, let's wind it down. Um, we are going to be picking a new book for book club soon. So if you haven't yet go to the book club group on Facebook and weigh in with your suggestions. And, uh, uh, if Becky, if you want to message us privately or post on the page or whatever, your business info or any way we can support you, let us know and uh thank you guys for the super chats thanks for tuning in and we're excited to have you i'm excited that we're, maybe hopefully we'll start running into more of you guys soon ran into dave and Lovick, pretty cool
0: <laughs> i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna do right now i'm gonna Go it's so it's it's com. okay i'm gonna just post it in chat right now for people um and just because becky's been awesome and i'm gonna try and do something which i might fail at but I'm gonna try it anyway, in real time. Uh, Let's see, Becky Steyer Studio, I hope I don't misspell this. I gotta type it in here. And adding text to the screen, there you go. I think that's correct, there's her URL.
1: Yeah, Becky is, uh, she has an art studio and gallery and a yarn shop.
0: Yep, yep, all right, well, I guess that's it. I like these chats, and I kind of just want to keep chatting with people, but I don't have a lot that I need to get off my chest right now. And um, but I will be in Telegram. I will put the Telegram link below uh, below this video, and Carrie and I will try and do Telegram. Carrie will follow the link so she can join. Help, the Telegram Help us. Chat.
1: Help me find it because I know the unsafe space channel. I just wasn't sure if there's a separate community where people can talk. Yeah,
0: there's a separate chat. So the channel, yeah, the channel, you and that. I can post in, but the chat, anyone can post in the chat. Um, so uh, people have been talking back and forth to each other so um, yeah anyway uh, uh, so, so Keith wants Atlas Shrugged, Elva Carroll wants Moon as a Harsh Mistress I want Moon as a Harsh Mistress also but Atlas Shrugged is so poignant it's it's hard for me to uh, I, I want them both though, those are both book club's books that I want next next time so alright
1: I just wanted Thank to, to give you everyone guys a, ti- a little tiger appearance oh, the way, there's tiger since we talked about robot dogs
0: this is the only dog I trust. He's a non-robot. Isn't he? <laughs> Soon there'll be android dogs, though, <laughs> and we won't know the difference. True. And and dogs. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, uh, thanks for watching. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can go to uh, subscribe.star.com/unsafe space to support us financially, which we do. We do need uh, Carrie's getting a new computer, so uh, the show does cost money. So. Uh, if you like it, please go do that. Don't forget to hit the like, like button. Um, and uh, I don't know. We will see you on Friday. I did have content that I was supposed to get out last week that I didn't. So we're going to get it out uh, hopefully tomorrow or the next day. There will be other stuff coming out. But uh, you'll see us live on Friday. Thanks, everyone.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye, Carter. Bye.